Thank you for joining us on the sermon podcast for Mars Hill Cumberland Presbyterian Church. We love being able to distribute our sermons in this format, but we would love it even more if you could join us in person at 5208 Crow Mountain Road in Russellville, Arkansas, or online at the Mars Hill Cumberland Presbyterian Church Facebook page. We have Sunday school classes at 9 a.m. with a worship service right after at 10 a.m. Let's now prepare our hearts to hear a message from God's Word. And the Lord has led me to this point today, which is what this morning's message is all about, joining the family business. I feel like my first sermon went pretty good and the second maybe not so good. Uh, So today's message, I'm going back to the well and we'll be sharing some of my personal testimony and what the Lord is calling me to do. If you have your Bibles, please turn with me to 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 1 through 9 and stand for the reading of God's Word when we, when we get there. Now, 2 Timothy 4, 1 through 9. <clears throat> I charge you therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead at His appearing and His kingdom. Preach the word, be instant in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lust shall they heap to themselves teachers having itchy ears. And they shall turn away their ears from the truth, and shall be turned into fables. But watch thou in all things, endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist, make full proof of thy ministry. For I am now ready to be offered, and the time of my departure is as at hand. I have fought a good fight, and I have finished the course, I have kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day, and not to me only, but unto all them also that love is appearing. Do thy diligence to come shortly unto me. This ends the reading of God's word for the people. God, you may be seated. Let's pray. Lord, thank you again for this day. Thank you for the opportunity. Uh, It's an honor to be able to speak your word. We pray that the message reached uh, the intended might be included. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. I chose the passage in 2 Timothy over several, several others to talk about spreading the message. I feel it's better suited to the times we are in, specifically verse 3. I'll read it again. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lust shall they heap to themselves teachers having each years. Basically, verse 3 is saying people will surround themselves with teachers that will tell them what they want to hear versus what God's law is. It sure sounds like our times. And it's something we don't have an issue here with Brother Logan. And I'm at the point now in my sermon prayer where I have a topic I would like to talk about and I find a scripture passage that relates to it. After more Bible study, I'll be able to take a passage and speak on it. I have found I'm not going to be the next Logan Dixon or the next Billy Graham after two to three sermons, but that's okay. (laughs) Uh, The Lord took me on an incredible journey to get where I'm at today 
and that's what he wants me to share. We each have our own paths and stories to tell. I would, I would now like to share with you some of my story. Tessa was long for the ride as well, but I will not get much into her testimony and will leave that for her to share her convenience. I would call 2017 the start of my spiritual awakening. As I mentioned in my first sermon, Tessa and I have relocated part-time to Limestone, Arkansas in Newton County on the banks of Big Piney Creek. A childhood friend of mine and myself <coughs> excuse me, purchased our land there several years ago. Actually, I was part owner of a piece of land across the creek on Stone Ridge with another friend before settling in on the place we have now. Those mountains and creeks have been a special place to me most of my life. I remember Dad taking a long pool as a child. Said I wasn't going to get emotional, but... Excuse me. I remember Dad taking a long pool as a child. Our Cub Scout camped out along the pool in the fall of 78 or 79 when we stayed in an old army tent. Dad heated up some large rocks and brought them inside to keep us warm and introduced me to deep-fried biscuits. I've canoed almost the entire creek from Limestone to Piney Bay. All I like is the section from Fort Douglas to Helen's Farm. Before I was attending church regularly, I found myself on the creek most Sundays. I told Dad several times that the creek was my church. I found a piece there that was a comfort, that was a comfort to me. <clears throat> and it was there the Holy Spirit put the full court press and lean hasn't let up since. The Spirit came on me in such a way it reminded me of Job chapter 2, 28, which reads, and it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and daughters shall prophesy, your old men shall dream dreams, and your young men shall see visions. In layman terms, it was like getting a drink of water from a fire hydrant. Now back to 2016-2017, Tessa was about to finish school, and had started looking for a new job. We'd already been staying most weekends on the creek during this time, first in tents in the back cave, then once we got the land across the creek, we were able to stay in our camper. And we have a metal building there we call it the cabin. During this time, our home was in Russellville, so we decided she would apply for the job. And if she got it, we would get a larger camper to stay in and try it for a couple years to see what happened. And as the Lord would have it, that is exactly what would happen, what happened. And I will add now that there are no coincidences. The Lord had a plan for both of us and had set it in motion. It was an exciting time with new adventures on the horizon. So we did just what we planned. We got a larger RV, set it up, made the move. And at the time we had power and internet but no water. City water was in the works, but a ways off. So for the first seven months we were there, I'd haul water from Russellville or from a nearby spring and pump it into the RV. We learned to live on 70 gallons of water at a time uh, for five to six days at a time. That taught us not to take our basic necessities for granted. I tell people, living in Newton County is like going back in time 50 to 75 years. Living at Limestone's going back 100 to 150. 
it was more of an adjustment for Tessa than myself. I worked from home and it was perfect for me and Marley, our black mouth cur dog. Every day was a camp out on the creek, minus the working part. It still is a special place for us. So the adventure began. Up to the cabin during the week, back to Russell on the weekends. We got to know the path well. On several of those trips up the mountain, I would become emotional for no apparent reason. I look back now and see it was more than likely my inner spirit knew what was in store for me. At those times, I would dismiss it, but I always had a feeling something about me was changing. I could put my finger on it at the moment. So we carried on with life on the creek. Tessa was off to the clinic during the day and Marley and I were at the cabin working. After work, we would do our miscellaneous chores, mowing, working around the place, working in the garden. I started finding several airheads, scrapers, and miscellaneous artifacts. Life was good. I remember telling Tessa on one of our afternoon walks that I was going to find something big, that it just wasn't a matter of if, it was just a matter of when. Well, we both ended up finding something big, actually big as an understatement for what we found was Jesus. I'm going to ask Tessa to assist me here. Tessa, would you pass out? I brought some photos since our state-of-the-art projection screen's down. <laughs> to share a little bit of uh, what, I'm about to, what I'm about to share with you now. I only printed out 10 copies, so we may have to share a little bit, but... I'd like to share with you now one of the first big signs the Lord gave us. A sign that it was going to start working in our lives in a big way. In July 2017, he grew a cross out of the top of a tree down on one end of our, of our place. I've spent a lot of time in the woods and I've seen thousands of trees. But up to that day, I've never seen a tree excuse me, with a branch out of the top of a tree in the shape of a cross. Again, there are no coincidences. The side of that cross started to work on both of us. <coughs> the Holy Spirit was starting to have his way. I shared a picture of it with many people. Dad even shared it with some of you here. I remember saying he showed it to Sister Joe. I spent a lot of time looking at it. From my desk in the RV, it was in my direct line of sight. Tess and I talked about it some and concluded it was the Lord's work. God is good. So life went on. A week or so later, the Lord hung a rainbow just over that cross that landed about 15 feet from our gate. After I took several pictures, I went and stood in it. Actually, I went to look for the pot of gold, but it wasn't there. <laughs> what I did find there was more valuable than all the gold in the world. Again, what I found was Jesus. In Genesis chapter 9, verses 8 through 17, it tells us about the rainbow. I'd like to read that. And God spoke unto Noah and to his sons with him, saying, And I behold, I establish my covenant with you and with your seed after you, 
and with every living creature that is with you, of the fowl, of the cattle, and of every beast of the earth with you, from all that go out of the ark to every beast of the earth. I will establish my covenant with you, neither shall my flesh be cut off any more by the waters of a flood, neither shall there any any more be a flood to destroy the earth. And God said, This is my token of the covenant which I have made between me and you and every living creature that is with you for perpetual generations. I do set my bow in the cloud, and it shall be for a token of the covenant between me and the earth. And it shall come to pass when I bring a cloud over the earth that the bow shall be set in the cloud. And I will remember my covenant which is between me and you and every living creature of all flesh. And the words shall no more become a flood, and the waters shall no more become a flood to destroy all flesh. And the bow shall be in the cloud, and I will look upon it, that I will remember the everlasting covenant between God and every living creature of all flesh that is upon the earth. And God said unto Noah, This this is the token of the covenant which I have established between me and all the flesh that is upon the earth. By this time, the Lord and the Holy Spirit started working on me in a big way. At that time, the Lord told me to pay attention, to pay attention to Him, not to focus on things of the earth, like the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow, but to focus on Him. That He had placed the cross in the tree and the rainbow, not just a rainbow, but the end of the rainbow, there to get my attention. He did not speak to me with an audible voice, but with an inner voice to my spirit. At this point, I was starting to be convicted of my sins, and I had plenty to be convicted of. I had lived life like most without the Lord, focusing on myself, get more, get it faster. Fast was my only speed. My life was all about pleasure. One is good, ten is better. This all started to change. Paul best summed up my sentiment in 1 Timothy chapter 1, verses 12 through 15. I'd like to read that as well. And I thank Jesus Christ, our Lord, who had enabled me, for that he counted me faithful, putting me into the ministry, who was before a blasphemous for a prosecutor and injurious, but I obtained mercy because I did it ignorantly in unbelief. And the grace of our Lord was exceedingly abundant with faith and love which is in Jesus Christ. This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation, that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am chief. And if Paul was the chief, I was the second chief. We spent all summer enjoying the side of the cross at the top of the tree and both started working on becoming better Christians. In doing my research on trees in the Bible, I found an informative article on Christianity.com I'd like to share with you now. It's an article written by Matthew Sleet titled what is the significance of trees in the Bible? Why did Jesus die on a tree? Trees are mentioned in the Bible more than any living thing other than God and people. And every major character has a tree associated with it. 
Jesus died on a tree because it was prophesied in the Old Testament. Trees like Jesus give rather than take. The Romans had many ways to kill people. Stabbing, stoning, burning, drowning, being torn apart by lions in the Colosseum for sport. These were all acceptable means of execution. But Jesus was killed on the cross, a tree stripped of roots and branches. As a Christian, I believe that nothing happens in the Bible is by accident. So why did God choose to have Jesus executed on a tree? Here are four ways that trees are central to our understanding of Scripture and Holy Week. Again, trees are mentioned in the Bible more than any living thing other than God and people. In the King James Version, the word tree is, is in, included 201 times, and there are 37 different types of trees mentioned in the Bible. There's a tree on the first page of Genesis, the first Psalm, the first page of the New Testament, and the last page of Re Revelation. Whether it is the fall, the flood, or the overthrow of the Pharaoh, every major event in the Bible has a tree marking spot. Jesus said he is the true vine, and that his father is the dresser of the garden, John 15.1. The Bible refers to itself as the tree of life in Proverbs. I'd like to read that scripture as well. Proverbs 3... 13 through 18. Happy is the man that findeth wisdom, and the man that getteth understanding. For the merchandise of it is better than the merchandise of silver, and the gain thereof of fine gold. She is more precious than rubies, and all the things thou canst desire, and not to be compared unto her. Length of days is in her right hand, and in her left hand riches and honor. Her ways are ways of pleasantness, and all her paths are peace. She is a tree of life to them that lay hold upon her, and happy is everyone that retaineth her. <clears throat> we are told to be like trees planted by streams of water that yield their fruit in season. Psalm 1-3 Some of the oldest living things on earth Excuse me, trees are some of the oldest living things on earth. There are trees alive today that were already ancient in the time of Christ. In fact, God gives a tree a ring to mark every birthday. God is always trying to teach humans to think long term. Trees can live as long as 10,000 years. Living just three score and ten years, we get blinded by short term gain and lose sight of eternity. God wants us to see the forest and the trees. Every major character has a tree associated with it. Moreover, every major character in the Bible appears in conjunction with a tree. Noah received the olive branch, Genesis 8:11. Abraham sent under the oaks of Mamre, Genesis 18:1. Moses stood barefoot in front of the burning bush. Exodus 3, 2-5. At first glance, Joseph may appear to be an exception, but the Bible tells us that Joseph simply is a tree. Genesis 49:22. The same pattern holds true in the New Testament. 
Zacchaeus climbed the sycamore to see Jesus. Luke 19, 1-4. The blind man saw people as if they were trees walking. Mark 8, 24. The disciples gathered on the Mount of Olives. Luke 22, 39. The Apostle Paul asserted that if we have gone for a walk in the woods, we are without excuse for, not, for knowing God. Romans 1, 20. Paul also wrote that Christians are like branches grafted into Israel's tree trunk with roots that help us stand fast and firm no matter what troubles come our way. Romans 11:17-18. Jesus died on a tree because it was prophesied in the Old Testament. But what about Jesus? The only physical description of Christ says that he looked like a small plant or tree. Isaiah 53.2 He grew up in a carpenter's home. He talked about seeds of faith and said that the kingdom of heaven is like a tree. He called disciples from under trees and sinners from their branches. His favorite place to pray was an olive grove. From the moment Christ was born, people tried to kill him. They tried to stab him, stone him, throw him off a cliff, but it didn't work. He could go 40 days without eating or drinking. There was no point in trying to drown him. He'd just walk away. <laughs> now, the only thing that could kill Jesus was a tree. Why? Because he who dies on a tree is cursed, not he who was stabbed, stoned, or starved. Deuteronomy 21:23. And his body should not remain all night upon the tree, but thou shalt in any wise bury him that day. For he that is hanged is a curse of God, that, the, that thy land be not defiled, which the Lord thy God giveth thee for an inheritance. Trees like Jesus give rather than take. Jesus on the cross is not a pretty sight. So why did God use a tree? I think one reason is that Jesus never took, he only gave. He never owned a home. The only animal he ever rode was borrowed. He could have dressed like King Solomon, but he is only recorded to have owned one coat. In many ways, trees are like Jesus. They give, and they keep giving. They give life and beauty. They give shade and rest. They clean the air. They hold back erosion. They offer shelter, food, and protection. The worst possible thing to use a tree for is to kill someone. A crucifix is a picture of how low humanity can sink and how far God will go to rescue us. The symbolism of the tree. Three days after Jesus was crucified and buried, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb to pay her respects. The tomb was empty. With her eyes burning from crying for days, Mary turned and saw Jesus, but she did not recognize him as Jesus. She thought that he was the gardener, John 20, 14-16. This was no mistake. Jesus is the gardener. He is the new Adam, Romans 5, 12-18. Come to dress and keep the garden, not to destroy and plunder it. The symbol of Christ being lifted up on a tree is the only one that the Bible offers as a door to eternity, to the eternal. 
as Jesus said, And I, when I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all people to myself. John 12, 32. Through the Messiah's death we are offered life. Through his sacrifice our sins are forgiven. All this involved a tree. So knowing what I know now, it's no surprise to me that the Lord used a cross growing out of a tree to get my attention. Not only mine, but Tessa's as well. From that day on, we both started walking with the Lord in the valley, no doubt. Limestone Valley. I had not always been away from the Lord in the church. No matter how many hours Dad worked, he had us in church on Sunday. My first memories of church were the Methodist Church in Pottsville. Singing, ping pong, homemade ice cream. I was too young to glean much from the sermons, but I remember the fellowship and the friends we had there. I have fond memories coming to this church when I stayed with Aunt Lucille and at Dewey and Pat's house. What I wouldn't give now for one Aunt Lucille's after church dinner is a fried chicken with all the fixings. Sometimes the chicken was so fresh they just had their necks wrung that morning. Kind of set me back the first time I saw her do that. <laughs> so I had a good foundation that I'm thankful for when the Lord called on Tessa and I that summer of 2017. And I spent a lot of time talking about myself, but this isn't about me. All the glory goes to God. I've experienced many unconventional events from 2017 on while walking with the Lord, and they all started with the cross at the top of that tree. I prayed about sharing this, and the Lord wants me to tell my story. He wants people in our age to hear firsthand that He still works in our everyday lives using nature, animals, songs, etc., in unconventional and supernatural ways. <clears throat> he uses any and everything to get our attention and to bring us to a, into repentance. I look back now and realize I spent decades driving by, right by several of them. <clears throat> But once we got to Limestone and the world slowed down, no distractions, not much of anything going on actually, he went to work on Tessa and I in a big way. Again, I'm no one special. I'm just a sinner that the Lord had to go to great lengths to get my attention. With doing that, he asked me to join the family business, to share my story, and to get to work. Luke chapter 10, 2 reads, Therefore said he unto them, The harvest is truly great, but the laborers are few. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest, that he would send forth laborers into his harvest. Let's do our best to help the Lord make the harvest. Let's pray. Lord, thank you again for this day. Thank you for the opportunity. I enjoy speaking. I hope it gets a little better and easier as uh, time goes on. I'm sure you'll help me with that. We're thankful to have Brother Logan very good speaker and it's a pleasure to follow him and to have the opportunity. Please be with us as we depart today to start our work week. Be with us Lord. Help us do our work. Help us be a witness whether it be bringing a message, inviting someone to church or just simply trying to be a witness which is difficult at times. Lord so we ask you to help us with that. We ask you to forgive us of our sins. In Jesus name we pray. Amen. For joining us for this special message. We hope you were blessed and encouraged by the preaching and teaching of God's Word. 
Now, may the Lord bless you, keep you, make his face to shine upon you, and give you peace. Amen.